All right, welcome everybody to another insightful episode of Creatives Chat. We have Don Spiegelberg, a heart coherence coach, a fencer, an overround healer who helps people awaken and tap into their life purpose. Our show shall begin now. Streaming from Retro Earth Studio and brought to you by WeAreHistorically.com Conscious Human Apparel and Learn to play jazz piano like a pro by a pro with Jazz Piano Pro Essentials at jazzpianopro.com Everybody, meet Don. Oh, Don, thanks for coming back on Creatives Chat. How are you doing today? I'm great today. Thanks for having me. Well, I just want to dive right into it because you said something that really pulled at the heartstrings in the green room, and it was a plant doesn't need to know what kind it is to grow. And in relation to self-mastery, what does that perspective of nature really mean? Uh, <clears throat> that is a beautiful question. And uh, I'm compelled to share with you something that I've seen in many chiropractors' office, mm. which which are little signs that say the energy that made you can heal you right so the world is full of energy yeah. and the energy is what causes the plant to grow mm. the plant has the information in it the seed has all the information but the tree's not in the seed i've split open seeds cut them open looking yeah. at what's inside or i've sliced an apple and a seed was cut in half and there's no tree in there there's no root inside that seed. There are no leaves. The inside oh, yeah. of a seed is just potential. So what's growing that seed? And the seed doesn't have to know what it is. It doesn't have to know that it's going to grow an apple tree. It doesn't have to know that it's an avocado seed. Yeah. There's just energy. for life. Yeah. <laughs> the energy grows it. No matter what seed it is, it's the same energy. So the truth is that same energy that grows the seed is the same energy that grows you. It's the energy. Yeah. I like to call it the life force that animates us. Ooh, gosh, I love it. Yeah, yeah, I totally resonate with that. Mm -hmm. So when you think of an atom, right, the traditional image of an atom is the nucleus with the protons and neutrons. Mm -hmm. And then the electrons kind of somewhere outside it. Um, mm. And if you look at it, most of the image of an atom that we see is just empty space. Yeah. It's, it's, it's completely empty. And the parts that are actual particle make up a very small percentage, right? It's 99.9999999999996. Six. <laughs> Space. Yeah, space, yeah. And the and that rest of point zero 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 twelve zeros four is the particulate. So the space is not empty like scientists thought it was for so long. That space is the energy. Yeah. The ether. Yeah, the ether. 
the ether that is the signature of life. Mm. Whew, takes a whole new spin on the, the Genesis creation aspect of the sea of space created, where it's like this is a sea of energy in which we're living in. It's just the same thing, you know, as water to the fish. As we're breathing yes. in, we're all around it. We're navigating through this energetic ether. I love it. I yeah. love it. Uh, you know, you mentioned the, the Genesis story. I was just looking up what the first word of the Torah is. Mm. You know, which one is it? Is it God? Is it created? Is it beginning? And uh, in the research I did, it's a it's a word, Belsharit or Belashit or, you know, some some Hebrew word, but it's amazing because the way the Hebrew language is written there, there are different vowels and indicators of vowels. And the person who wrote the article proposed an idea that the way it was written in English is actually not accurate. In the beginning, God created because of the alphabet. So Mm. the alphabet does not indicate the in the beginning God created. The alphabet is actually in the beginning of God creating. So creating yeah. is a constant and it's still happening. Mm. Yes. So he proposed that in, in the beginning of God, in the beginning of God, Creation is creating and still creates. Oof. Oof. That takes my imagination and just intuition so many different places. Because even in Western science, we've concluded that every moment is recreated and destroyed. And it's mm-hmm. it's so funny how it's that space, just akin to like the 12 zeros for the atom. There's a, a trillionth like exponential decimal to a second where there's nothingness at all times, that this slice of now is always getting destroyed and recreated with each moment. We don't perceive it that way because we have that the consciousness aiding in our continuation of flow so we don't go insane. But it's just yeah. one of those things where it's like every moment, destroyed, recreated, destroyed, recreated, destroyed, recreated. So it really does bring so much testament to each moment you can transform yourself. Yes. Each, yeah. Ooh. Which speaks to our self-mastery. Yeah. And... Uh, who was it? Deepak Chopra said, between stimulus and response, there is a period of time. Mm. And between each moment created, there is a period of time mm. where we are completely collapsed and we have an opportunity to recreate, to make a different choice. And that is self-mastery, the willingness to be recreated, the mm. willingness to be destroyed. And to be recreated anew. Take surrender to a whole nother level when you think about it like that. Mm-hmm. Mm, but the question is, do you really have to try to grow? No, because the energy is there already, right? There's no, there's no, there is no try. How do you say that? Do or do not, there is yes. no try. There is no try. So mm. it's it's a natural aspect of how we are, how the world is. So um, when you look at nature, which I love to do as examples of 
what life is like, what the universe is about, and how to be, how how uh, how we can be. Um, you can look at a squirrel and say, "Is this squirrel has it become self-mastered?" There's there's no question. There's no squirrel school. <laughs> You don't you don't see them going off to college to learn how to plant those berry seeds and then find them again. They're not mm. going to geography or geomapping 101. Yeah. Squirrels yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are mastered. They are a master because they're a squirrel. It's the, the pure expression of self. Yeah. There's nothing that you can do wrong in that sense because the universe is always going to flow through you and express what needs to be called forth or arisen in the moment. Yes. Hmm. And they are completely doubtless. Yeah, very true. It's, it is the human experience where we have the, the expansive tool belt of the mind. The tool belt of the mind. <laughs> yeah, so it's the it's this tool belt of the mind that really does open up these avenues of our own self-sabotage. And I think that's probably the one gift that the human experience has. But again, it's that double-edged sword because it can give us the comprehension. It can give us the ability to fully plan out things and strategize. You know, the tactfulness comes into play, which helps in longevity. But it's also the the main component at our own adversity you know it's like we hear it all the time growing up like we're our worst enemies but it's you know whatever we hold on to attachment wise yeah you know, yeah this is it's fascinating to think of things like that in the sense of self-mastery mm-hmm. and and he, here's insight into why it can be our undoing the mind has the ability to compare mm-hmm. contrast measure and all of those things require judgment. Mm. So if you're comparing, this is a pencil, this is a magic wand, or pen, and this is a magic wand. One is black and one you know, has little stars and crystals that spin around in it. So we can distinguish between them. I would not pick this up and begin to write with it or try to write with it. Yeah. So it has a purpose. And when we apply that purpose to people that's where we get into trouble yeah when when we um apply the comparing contrasting with an intent that is not for the best and highest good we flatten the wave function and we don't see the whole atom we only see the parts we only see the particle Mm. we don't see the energy And when yeah. we don't see the energy, we do not perceive as God perceives, which is in entirety. Mm. And see, this is where it's so funny when it's like the entirety of the story of, you know, Adam and Eve's time in the garden, you know, the forbidden fruit, the fruit of knowledge. It was the moment it was eaten. That's when that separation, separateness, otherness, you know, the the perceived mm-hmm perceived other comes into existence where it's you know being one with everything walking around naked gleefully in the garden and then you eat the fruit of knowledge and all of a sudden it's this veil of otherness it's almost this 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 internal trap where we 
Oh, it's interesting because we have so much potential and opportunity to grow when we question that sense of separation. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that spiritual paradox, as I like to call them, is when we separate ourselves from the concept and idea of separation itself, that's when we really start to dive deep within ourselves and the truth of the one. So it's, oh yeah, it's I mean, everything's getting validated further and further as time goes on. We can just see it. I love it. I love it. I, for me, as a heart coherence coach, and practicing heart qualities, heart focus, Mm -hmm. I really think that moment in the garden when Adam and Eve shifted, they became separated from their heart knowingness. Mm -hmm. So it was this alignment of the heart and the mind together, communicating, seeing, because before that separation, Adam named all the animals. So his, his mind was still functioning fully because yeah. he was comparing and contrasting, but he was doing it from a perspective that was seeing the whole thing, not from being separated. And, oh, I just want to take that a step further because, you know, I think that's one of the things that people is, it's kind of another perspective, I guess you would say it's almost an assumption that a lot of people have, you know, going on the path of self-mastery, awakening, unfoldment, whatever you want to call it, that somehow when you enter into the knowingness of what one is and oneness is and source knowing is, that somehow you transcend all these different things. It's like the mind never goes away, but it's, it reverses the order of operation. You know, we think so before the spiritual search, everyone starts in this top-down orientation, mm-hmm. where it's you just think you're everything in here, and then it comes down through the other centers, and then the heart is like kind of like the last thing. The gut and everything are ignored, but that's the the real flip of the switch in terms of the self-mastery path is you start to actually listen to what the heart is always telling you. Mm-hmm. And it's that and it's that love of the human spirit that radiates outward and just kind of fills up the wells of everything else. So yeah, no, it's just, it's resonating with me when you're saying that. And it, it makes so much more sense um, in terms of even how children operate. Mm-hmm. You can see their selflessness. They're still living in the heart. Mm-hmm. And then it just gets kind of, you know, the ivy grows in the mind and then they get caught yes. and trapped in it. But, you know, you mentioned, you said beautifully what I tell people when I try to explain to them what heart coherence is, because a lot of people, they don't, they don't know what it is yet, right? They, ha- they haven't heard about it. And I say, it's quieting the loud voice in your head so you can hear the softer voice from your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, only speaks once too. That's the truth. It's just very yeah. s- calm, affirmative mm-hmm. knowing. And then that's the game of the mind is it's always like the loudest voice, the most mm-hmm. frequent voice gets heard. And that's a good trick for all you listeners out there to using your own discernment and really gaining the, the recognition of your your intuition speaking like that's what I think of intuition when I think of the heart mm-hmm. you know yeah. in terms of just that it's a knowing too it's very interesting it's almost as if the mind likes to echo it but in truth you hear it here first yes mm. yeah uh, um the the heart is what emanates the electromagnetic field mm. and that electromagnetic field which is five to eight feet outside of us is that quote unquote empty space, but full of information and the heart Mm. is attuned to it. Yeah. The heart can tell the subtle shifts it knows and it perceives 
before our mind is aware of the place that I'm certified through HeartMath. They've been conducting some um, amazing experiments where they'll sit people in front of a computer and they'll flash. Did I tell you this before? Mm -mm. They'll flash Mm -mm. images on the screen and there's about a 10 second delay between images. Mm. So some of the images are a rabbit or the beach and other images are, you know, a scary face or a growling dog. And they're measuring the response of the heart and measuring the response of the head. And it turns out that the heart can detect what the image is going to be six seconds before the image shows up. What? Yeah. This is powerful stuff. That's wild. (laughs) Yeah. That's so awesome. And I guess that's one of the biggest things as I've been observing throughout, you know, the experience as of late, especially these past few months, more and more people's abilities are kind of awakening and they're, Mm -hmm their sensitivity to, you know, more energetic feedback is becoming stronger. And I think that's one of the biggest kind of shout outs that I want to let people know if, you know, if you align yourself with the understanding that you're more an empath, you know, know fully that everyone has this ability to be like empathetic. Truly, we all feel each other all the time. But it's the association where you always have to kind of keep yourself in check because I've been so much more consciously aware of my own energy going into a room and all the bombardment of other people's that I receive. And years 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 ago now oh it's even weird to be like decades ago uh but (laughs) it's one of those things where i would always get very confused it would almost be i'd be lost and tossed about in the ocean and not really know which boat was mine and i Mm -hmm. think that's something you know this really does speak to a great importance of work that people should be doing is really understanding their own their own beingness fully Mm -hmm. in this realm of the heart what i what i found important is when you're already full, right. other people, their energy is not bombarding you. Right. You're radiating it. Yes. Yes. So what did they used to say? Um, your mother would say, be careful who you hang out with. Yeah, those types of things. Right. And, and it's true because, and we see this in nature, something called diffusion. Diffusion is a concentration from high to low. Mm, So if it's a high concentration of rebellion, um, you know, delinquency, (laughs) all those things, if that's a high concentration, it will, it will go to the lower concentration of, um, you know, your heart and your mind and your soul. Mm. And if it's a higher concentration of love, which is why I say fill yourself with love first. If it's a higher concentration Mm. of love, it will diffuse into those around you. And that's the thing where you get into like the energetic component of our existence where you begin to, you know, I like to see it as that as above, so below concept where Mm -hmm. the greatest mass is what things gravitate towards. And love Mm -hmm. is like that great density, you know, and it's almost, I akin it more so to a black hole where it's just like the most concentrated form of existence is just an, a pure silent knowing of just love. 
And then everything else starts to gravitate towards it. You start to manifest things more. You walk outside, you do some random things. Oh, people are talking to me randomly. What is this? Mm-hmm. You know, you have people ask you for help. It's it's a funny switch when people really transition into recognizing that you have to be your own source of love. And it's when we recognize it's when we are that love. That's when things get crazy. <laughs> You're absolutely right. And as parents, I'm going to complain a little bit. Parents... <laughs> I really believe a parent's role is to model and demonstrate all the love, all the safety, and all the value of their children, for their children. I believe that's a parent's role. And then when the child leaves home, then they know to get that from the source. Mm. Because they realize they're not going to get it from other people, right? Through experience through trial, through error, they leave home and they realize I'm not getting love from this group of people or from these friends. I'm not feeling safe in this environment. And then they, they go to the source for it. 100% give them their own compass of empowerment to mm-hmm. know which way is home, mm-hmm. so to speak. And I guess that's kind of a fascinating role because, you know, as a parent, I'm sure you can speak on this. I found from my own like 10 years of teaching that you can always tell the parents that do provide their kids the the tools to really be themselves, you know, that self-empowerment and, you know, that inquisitiveness versus the ones that are kind of conditioned to be little mini-me's. Mm. It's always very fascinating because they do things that are kind of out of the range for what kids should be doing at that age, a little bit more malicious, a little bit more, you know, can be vindictive. So it is really it's a double-edged sword when you think mm. about it like that. You know, that's some kids can can take it and run with it and turn into little little adults, and that's not necessarily a good thing. But when you have mm-hmm. a child who's self aware, they it's kind of like you know when you're an adult and kind of awakened and things, you're playful, you know. So they're always playful in their sense of self. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, what I've noticed uh, is that the child is mimicking behavior that they learned. Right indiscriminately too indiscriminately (laughs) and so when my children are in school you know when they were in public school I could tell what kind of parents these children had and it brought about more compassion Mm. because I realized these kids were just doing what they learned right parents model what it is to be an adult and when a child is bullying or not being nice or something it was modeled to them So I was able to be more compassionate toward the children and direct my ire where the cause was, you know, it was the parents. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess that kind of taps into, you know, bringing it back into that concept of self-mastery. How does one really begin that journey of squeezing out the sponge of those conditionings to reawaken to like the unique self before you soaked up all of these learned behaviors? Yeah, of course, it's a, it's a part of how we are made. We, mm. we are made, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the author, Carolyn Mace. She mm. wrote a book called The Anatomy of the Spirit. And she compares three traditions. Let me see if I can name them. Um, one is the Catholic, um, you know, they have the catechism, the, the, baptism and catechism and all all of that 
And yeah. she talks about the chakras and then an, another one. I don't, I don't recall exactly what it is, but she hmm. says it, it matches human development. So from age zero to seven, you're developing your first chakra. The first chakra mm. is safety. Who are you in the tribe? Are your parents mm. the leaders? Are your parents the healers? Are your parents the hunters? Are your, right? Who are your parents? And you're discovering where you fit in the whole global network. <laughs> so given that, children are are developing who they are and how to be in society just in the first seven years. And they say those are the seven years where there is no real conscious engagement. It's all subconscious. So all of the programming, Mm. all of the, we don't have enough money or we've got lots of money. Um, Mm. We grow food in our yard or all the food comes from the grocery store. All of those paradigms are developed until you're seven years old. Yeah. So it's it's by design because it's based on survival. Hmm. And of course, we don't live in tribes anymore. We're not Indians on the plains anymore. But it serves them, tribal individuals, in the same way that it serves us with all our conveniences of microwaves and yeah. fast food. And, and it's, it's interesting. Um, I've studied under a mentor who reminded me that of our basic needs, the first thing we need is air, mm. right? Without air, where are we? Yeah. And this, and then of course there are other things we think about, well, we need food and water, Right. But most people don't grow food and most people don't have easy access to water. So what's the second thing? You have to have money to get food and water. So it's air and money at the top of the list. And most people in the modern day don't even value the air they're breathing. (laughs) Yes. Or they're worried about where money is going to come from or how they're going to get money. And there are so many stories about that. Mm. So when it comes to self-mastery, there are so many layers, like an onion, that get stacked up on us. And how deep are you willing to go? Mm. How, How intentional can you become in order to see what behaviors you developed because of the time in which you grew up? Right. They talk about the baby boomers and they talk about generation Xers and Yers and Zs and 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 those big, bold groups of people are formed based on the environment that they're raised in. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And you need that different tool to fix each one's issues. Yeah. Yeah. So this leads me to share with you. I'm going to go back to the plant analogy. I uh, went to a new church on Sunday just to check it out. And the preacher was talking about how Christ said only 25% of the people who hear the message, who are, um, who are exposed to divine truth are able to receive it. And I thought, what, where did he come up with that? 25%. And it was one of the parables that Jesus told. 
So he was talking about the man sowing seed. And some yeah. seed fell on the hard ground, like the road. Mm. And it was hard and packed down like clay. So what happened, the birds came and ate it. Even if it had germinated, it wasn't able to get into the dirt. Yeah. And, and it was gone. And then the next one is stones. So seed thrown in stones, yet yeah, it germinates, but it doesn't have a strong environment. It's difficult to get nutrients from stone, so it doesn't thrive either. And then yeah. the third group was weeds. Mm-hmm. And the weeds tend to grow faster, and there are more, and it, and it chokes out the seed that's there. And it wasn't until the fourth that it was the, the, the ground, the fertile ground that the seeds were able to thrive. So what does that tell me? Environment is everything. So at the beginning, we talked about our seed. Our seed is coated with all the information. Our seed cannot grow on its own. It it must have the energy from divine source to grow. And what initiates that growth? It's the environment. Hmm. So what environments are we living in? Interesting. Yeah. So self mastery. Hmm. Let's get back to the self mastery. Do you um, surround yourself in an environment? Well, you can see a part of my environment is books. I yeah. love learning. I love books. Um, that's that's a part of the environment I I create for myself. And um, I have a husband and two children. That's that's mm-hmm. another environment and of Mm. course the world labels me in a particular way for for having a husband and having two children isn't that interesting yeah and and i'm in the same house that i bought the children have lived in the same house we haven't moved that's a different environment yeah so Mm. our environment really can influence how much we grow, the rate at which we grow, whether we we grow well, whether we're stunted in our growth. Environment is everything. Yeah. Well, and see, this is where I want to play a little, you know, a little tennis with you on that. Yeah. In the sense of, I think that's one of the reasons why we it's kind of what you said earlier you know and it's in in the same parable is that every seed has the potential to grow yeah and though some of the environments are difficult it still can grow Mm -hmm. however here when we look at it in this sense it ultimately is up to the individual how they want to choose to capitalize on the on the experience i think that's the fortunate thing of being a human being is that we have the greater sense of intellect where we can actually discern and learn from the environment. If we want to really peel those layers back to the onion to recognize, Oh, well, this, this effect that's manifested in my life is could be easily connected to this causal force. Well, why do I still hold on to it? Blah, blah, blah. You know, like all the different avenues of introspection. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Personally, I think the percentage of people who get it is probably even less than 25%. But I think, I think the truth here is that, we're unlike the seeds in the sense of each of us has the full potential to utilize whatever environment we chose to get incarnated into to transcend even Ooh. higher. So, <laughs> right. So you're talking about as above, so below. 
Yeah. And my examples of environment were external. Yeah. I was talking about my house. I was talking about yeah. my family, right? Yeah. And if you if you look to the teachings of um, Frankel, who created mm. logotherapy, mm. what is this? Environment is the inside. Ah, the inner and outer a, space. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He was a, a psychotherapist, I think. I think hmm. a psychotherapist who was um, in a concentration camp during the the Holocaust, yeah, and, and he was seeing people, right? Because they were in an environment, and some of them just collapsed. Of course, yeah. And he created logotherapy because he created an environment that was not contingent on the external world. He created an environment on the internal world and in, in, inside. And so we can go back to our Adam and Eve, right? When there was heart coherence and when there was affinity and and oneness in the thinking and the heart. Yeah. Then there was bliss. Then there was the Garden of Eden. And then there was separation. Mm. And so there was a there was a tension on the external. Yeah. Oh my God, you're naked. Cover yourself up, woman. <laughs> right? Yeah. So the environment of our own mind, and of course, Eckhart Tolle talks about this. He says, we're, we're all uh, so caught up in our thinking, we don't realize that, that we suffer. We're all suffering from the same thing and that we don't have to. Yeah. My, my words, right? He said it more beautifully. <laughs> Right, but what's the what's the environment of your mind? Yeah, your internal so, state. Yeah, mm. and athletes know this. Athletes yeah. are really tuned into this because if they're and I'm a fencer, so if I'm fencing and I try to touch somebody and I miss, and I say, "Oh, damn it!" That that doesn't help. Yeah, that it's doesn't leave you open. Yeah. And what's also important is it doesn't respect my opponent mm. because if I attack them and they parry, that's what they should do. <laughs> so I'm right. I'm not holding them in the highest personal regard mm. in that mm. moment. So, so this right here, this mind, this brain is the environment that can prevent you from your self mastery. Mm. Yeah. And it contributes to people's physical ailments, people's, the way they show up in the world. 100%. And it's funny because that same component of the environment, when you choose to externalize the pain and, you know, I call it, you know, like the victimhood where Mm -hmm. it's, oh, life doing this to me, my world Mm -hmm. doing this to me, this, this, Mm -hmm. this, instead of recognizing, well, what is this doing for you? Yes. What are the lessons to learn from this? You know, we have the ability to kind of put our seed in whatever environment we choose. Yeah. And and it's funny because when you're talking about, you know, the the moment you said the words, you're the external space, and then it was like the internal space, I had this just flooding download of an image of a, you know, just like a clear plastic bottle filled with air and getting dragged down into the abyss and the pressure crushes it. 
mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. the same clear bottle, but open to be filled up with the water just sank to the bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's that same component of the, it's like the pressurization where nothing can fully break you when you radiate from within. Yeah. You fill yourself up. And it's the, the diffusion that you're talking about. It's the same concept. Like, I love it. You know, it just, it, that's the beauty of, you know, this spiritual search and these inner lookings of self-mastery is there's so many different ways to come at it, yet they all lead to the same result. Look yes, within. they do. You know, radiate from within. Yes. Mm, fall in love with your truth. Fall in love with yourself. And then your unique, beautiful self can express itself fully. Mm-hmm. Well, and you don't have to know what that self is. Mm. You don't have to know what the plant is in order to grow. Yeah. You don't have to know what your life purpose is in order to live your purpose because it's a journey. Yes. Yes. Think of the hero's story, right? The the journey of the hero. What, like Hercules, he was supposed to kill the Hydra or something. And his focus was on that goal. He had other goals too, but his focus was on the goal. So he had to take himself from where he was and get to where the Hydra was in order to accomplish that goal. And it didn't matter what was in his way. It didn't matter if there was a woman. It didn't matter if there was a river. It didn't matter if there was a city or an army. He was going to the Hydra and that was his goal. Yeah. See, that that component of, you know, with the nature aspect, the seed doesn't really know what it's going to be. It just grows. Yeah. That's the the beautiful opportunity that we have when we willingly, you know, willfully partake in this journey of growth Mm -hmm. is that, again, we have to surrender the mind's assumptions, you know, the imagination of what we think our path should be or how it's going to develop. And just fully embrace the change. And then life transmutes into this beautiful dance of letting go and receiving grace. Letting go even more and receiving even more grace. Yeah. Until we're just overflowing. And that's, mm, I'm feeling that. I like that nature aspect. Yeah. Letting go and, and having a willingness. Mm. So there, there's um, two questions to ask. Are you willing? Are you able? And... And on the journey of life, so when I was married, roses and, you know, fireworks, and it was all wonderful. And had I seen the mountains and the valleys and the precipice (laughs) and all of it, after this many years, I don't know that I would have gotten married. And they say that we're only given what we're capable. We're not given more than what we're capable of experiencing, of changing. And so I think that's a gift that we can't see the future because if you look at how we are now, and what life was like a year and a half ago, no one could have foreseen it. Nobody knew, nobody could see the changes that we went through. Mm. Yeah, 100%. 
And yet here we are. And we're moving forward and we're continuing on our path. This is self-mastery 101, every moment, every day. Am I willing? Am I able? And even then it comes back to that component of every moment is new. And when you truly treat it as such, yes. every breath becomes that renewal for life. And, you know, that contract to, to growth. And just learning. I mean, again, I, I really do like the way, again, highlighted the point of willingness. We have to be willing yeah. to partake in this. We have to be willing to let go of the expectations, you know, of, the, of our own personal self-directed judgments mm-hmm. to really blossom into who we're always, who we were and always will be intended to be in this experience. Mm-hmm. But it has to be that willful embrace of the unknown. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, because if we're being created and destroyed every moment, what what causes us to come back in that moment of being recreated again? Because the moment we're destroyed, we could stay there. We could stay in the abyss. But yeah. we choose to come back and we choose to keep our memories. And someone said, every morning you wake up and and there is that, Reconsciousness, yeah, of all your problems and all your memories, it it comes back, and you and you reconstitute it every yeah. morning. Yeah, and you, that's that's the funny thing right there is that there's so many practical exercises, and this is really just some some little nuggets of wisdom for the listeners is the practical exercise of giving gratitude and doing a personal I am you know, affirmation, you know, whatever you choose to have, follow that is the quickest way to slow down that inertia of always getting caught up in your own rat race. Like I remember distinctly in my own unfoldment, there was times when the moment I would wake up, it would just be like, I feel like I would take a breath. And then all of a sudden it was just like the mind, like (gasps) going through all the problems that I had in the the past and the, the worries of the future. And I remember the first moment, probably after like a few days of consistent, you know, like morning, night meditation, affirmations in the morning, you know, while I'm brushing my teeth before bed, I woke up and it was just silent. Wow. And it was just like, hello? Like, it was almost like a, there's no problems being said. And the moment I even went there with my intuition Instantly, it was just like, well, there's this one and this one and this one and this one. Yes. And then it it was this intuitional knowing of just like, it's always been a choice. Mm-hmm. It's been a choice to participate in that game of the mind versus just doing something else. Mm-hmm. And then that's when it's just like, boom, skyrocketed in terms of different recognitions of the mind. But the biggest thing I can always advise people is just being willing to do something different mm-hmm. like instead of continuing that path of suffering and chaos and you know internal chatter that internal chatter is the environment that you're trying to grow a seed right and it was beautiful that you used gratitude and and an i am statement to change the ground Mm. to change the environment of your seed and look how you've grown and what's beautiful about the gratitude and your i am statements is that your mind is now looking for the next one. Your mind is now cued into seeking the next gratitude, looking for the next thing to be grateful for. And you're stimulating 
the gratitude polypeptides. I want to mention this again, and I think I may have mentioned it in the last show, but when we have feelings, Mm -hmm. they are actually a protein molecule that we're experiencing, that we produce with the hypothalamus. And so if you constantly are producing a feeling of overwhelm or chaos, that feeling, that protein is in your blood and it's stimulating all your cells and all the cells are accustomed to chaos and problems. Mm -hmm. And the happiness or the gratitude receptors start to dwindle, but you shifted it and you give yourself gratitude and your I am statements, which means your hypothalamus is producing gratitude proteins. And those Mm -hmm. gratitude proteins are stimulating all your little cells to experience gratitude, which is changing your vibration. It's changing your environment. And when you change the inside, the outside is affected. 100%. I love how you, you tap back into the vibrational component because it really is what radio station you're choosing to turn to and tune yourself to that's going to emit whatever you really want. And I think that's the thing right there is, you know, I, I always try to end the imagination of my own students because they like to say, oh, you probably experienced this and this and this and a whole bunch of assumptions where it's just like, no, I still have chaos. I still have people cut me off on the freeway. I still yeah. have rude people I experience every now and then and just random chaos in life as it is. But you're no longer a slave to the temporary. Yes. I was just mentioning um, to my acupuncturist uh, what happens in transformation. And I was trying to explain it to her with the story of the hero. So the hero goes on their journey. They accomplish what they're going to accomplish. and, And then they go back home. What changed? Home is the same. Their parents are there. It's the same city, the same people waking up in the morning, buying their bread in the corner store. What changed? The hero changed. The world did not change. The hero changed. So I've been going through my, my own transformation now. I've been shifting out of the, the, the mental construct of the roles I am in as a woman as a mother and as a wife. Mm. I was raised by a woman who grew up in the 50s. And so I'll, I'll just say the, the theme, the overall theme is to be a housekeeper and be satisfied with that. Yeah. Right. There are more details, but in general, it's you're a woman, so you should be a housekeeper and be satisfied with that. And what did I do? I went out and I got married. And I had kids. And so here I am finding myself keeping house. And yet I am not satisfied with it. So for a long time, Mm. I was, there's underwear on the floor again. Oh, there's toys that didn't get put away. Oh, there's school books all over, right? It it was this constant um, battle about this role I was taking. Mm. And, And I've transformed it because... I've shifted what goes on here. Mm. Now, I wake up in the morning, and what happens? There's still underwear on the floor. But what has changed? Not the underwear, me. Yeah. Now I go over and I pick it up. Or I say, 
please pick that up again. Instead of, I asked you to pick that up three times. I say, please pick that up. Please pick that up. As if it's a new experience, as if it wasn't there 10 minutes ago or yesterday or last week, right? As if it's a new experience, I say, please pick that up. So what's different? Here, me. Mm. The world stays the same. And see that right there is the power of perspective. And that's also the liberation that arises when one does seek and fully commit themselves, you know, this dedicate themselves to the self-mastery because with self-mastery comes self-knowing. And yes. when you know yourself, you know everything else. Yes. And that you can take that listeners as how, however you want to, but there's some depth to that statement, but <laughs> where it comes to this component of everything that you do in this world is within your power. You know, from whether you choose to give away the keys to your kingdom and let others disturb you, or if you're going to let others, you know, hinder your shine, you know, it becomes this conscious awareness of like your abilities, your capabilities. It gives you the the vulnerability to ask for help, to do all these different things and question these conditionings. So, you know, identifications and attachment are a huge thing hindering people from really waking up to who they are. Yes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So I want to encourage everyone. Um, They've probably heard the little phrase, where your attention goes, energy flows. (laughs) And and there's more to it. Where your attention goes, energy flows. So you're putting intention into something. Your, Your attention is stopped by something, and then you're focusing on it, right? So you're putting energy into it. So where your attention goes, energy flows feeling grows. Mm. So we assign a meaning to something. (laughs) We often decide that it's good or bad. Right? And when we stay neutral, then we can hold it in gratitude. Then things are happening for us, not to us. Mm -hmm. And then the last part, when we get through all those, the last part is our heart knows which means our heart can perceive the truth and that's the key to self-mastery i love that i love that that's great and oh that just opens up so many doors because in that moment of inner looking there Mm -hmm. i found experientially and through others journeys that there's always some catalyst that really is that, I mean, we have many opportunities for this catalyst to awaken us, but it's always that point where it makes you either choose, continue the external and you just go right back around in the giant rotary of life, or it's pivot, take it somewhere you haven't yet. What's going on with me? What's going on in this inner space? And that's the beauty aspect of giving the attention to your full self. Yeah. That that sense of self without anything else, you know, And I like to akin it to kids where it's like, you know, little kids always go, I am this, I am that. Yeah. Eliminate the adjectives. Focus on the I am. Yes. Right there. That's all you Mm -hmm. need. I want to encourage everyone because um, I've been thinking about nature again and, um, and resistance. In particular, air, air resistance, right? Air flow. And, um, I have been meeting resistance with a wall, putting up a wall and, and being like, oh, I gotta, I gotta, 
resist the resistance, right? Yeah, yeah. And I realized, wait a minute, birds use air resistance. So a bird's wing is formulated in such a way, it's formed in such a way, right? I say formulated, it's designed in such a way that as air hits it, so air is required. As yeah. air hits it, some of the air goes down and some of the air on the top is shot up at, at a more stark angle. Yeah. And then there's this little space here, right? So this is the wing and this is the air. And this little space right here between the air and the wing, there is a vacuum. And, and you know what nature does with vacuum. It fills it. So yeah. what does the wing do? The wing goes up. Love it. The bird flies higher. So here I am, right? There's a meeting resistance like a wall. Instead, I can meet resistance and form myself mm. in such a way that I can use the resistance to lift me higher, higher vibration, higher knowing, more wisdom. I love that. Yeah. Yes, because yes, it, oh, it's so true. Mm -hmm. There's so many testaments to that same knowledge where we can never fully question what life is providing us because everything is grace. Yes. When we really utilize it like that, every, every opportunity is one that you can really take flight. It's for us. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, in this, this perception of nature, what has been one of the big shifts to kind of break down and understand self-mastery in this perception with nature as that lens and veil? How is that? How did that awaken? I'm curious. Um, well, through, through hearing a coach say, you know, raccoons don't have to go to raccoon school. I started looking at nature differently and, um, I began seeing, and this was several years ago, I began seeing that a lot of the things that happen in nature, when we look, so where my attention goes, energy flows, and mm. I began seeing from a more um, broader perspective, uh, a bigger picture, let's say. I, ha I have a great example of my garden and, and what my garden looked like before I practiced heart coherence. It really looked like a mess. I, I had plants and the weeds were coming up and the plants the way I was, right, I'd say, oh, what is this plant? Oh, this looks like a garlic in the middle of my um, chard. So I would let the garlic grow, and then there wasn't room for chard. And it mm. just, it was messy looking. And then I started practicing coherence, which is affinity, mm. which is the heart informing the thinking, changing the environment. And when I would go to the garden, I wasn't attached to the garlic being in with the chard. I would choose to move the garlic or, or, or things were shifting. And um, there was one moment, I take a lot of pictures of my gardens. I had taken a picture of, of one bed and it was from the prior year. And then took a picture of the bed I had been planting while practicing heart coherence 
And it was so beautiful. It, it shocked me because I was doing the same thing. I was digging. I was planting seed. I was moving. But because I was in what I call Fibonacci frequency, you know what Fibonacci is, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fibonacci is the, is the man who discovered the golden ratio, which is the ratio that nature grows at, nature lives at. So the conch shell has this beautiful ratio that it grows at. And, and nature works within this, I call it Fibonacci frequency. It's a mm. flow. It's a yeah, natural yeah. flow. And so when I practice heart coherence, my garden bed was just incredible. And even as it grew and the plants got bigger, it still stayed beautiful. It didn't look overrun in a mess like the other ones. Mm. So, so in developing self-mastery, um, there, there is the perspective of allowing the outside to inform the inside. So what mm. I'm seeing outside me is, is what I'm perceiving inside me. And, and that's super important. And also, I want to share one thing, and that is, I think scientists do a lot of research and study, but they don't always know what results they're getting, or they don't know how to interpret it. So um, the law of thermodynamics that says every system tends toward entropy, right? Mm. Every system tends toward Mm. chaos. I'm looking at my garden bed, and I'm seeing all the weeds that are coming, into the garden bed and and the scientists say without an equal and opposite energy put into the system the system is chaos so you Mm. could imagine a garden that somebody let go for a couple years and yeah it's all full of weeds yeah they're wrong it's not chaos in my garden bed that i've left unattended it's diversity. Mm. It's the garden actually growing a balance of plants so that one plant doesn't leach all the nutrients out. It's a garden mm. that is a diverse number and quantity of plants that actually helps the soil and contributes to the earthworms. And it's not chaos. There is no chaos in nature. And that's where they missed it. And that's the beautiful aspect. And I like how you, I do like how you akin that to the Fibonacci frequency, you know, the flow, you know, in the, in the zone, as many people call it, but it just, this, it's this understanding that life will express itself how it needs to for its own benefit and growth and development. For your benefit. For growth is just always a component to it. And that's the funny yeah. thing is, you know, there's even been more research to show that they believe the Amazon rainforest now was actually just one of those, it was like one of the original food forest that people made. And it just kind of grew into this lush vegetation. But even looking at it that way, it's, you know, there is this natural harmonizing act that life will always partake. Yes. And it's a beautiful dance when we align with it versus fighting against it. Yeah. So it's even that gardening. I love it how life always expresses like super great, like deep philosophic thoughts through very simple subtleties, you know, but when we're present and in the space to really be, then we can experience them for what they are. Exactly. And our environment can be flow Mm. or it can be chaos. 
depends on your perception. And that's the key to self-mastery. Can you go with the flow? Yeah. The bird wing example was just next level on point because it's so true. And, you know, it's how are we going to meet the resistance? Mm-hmm. You know, when we resist it like the wall, it's always going to be a breaking moment because we don't want it. You yeah. know, we're not we're not embracing it. We're not being mm-hmm. loving with whatever life is presenting us. But when we really do take flight, it's because we adjust ourselves for the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, I love that. It really is that aspect of, you know, every breath, every moment is a renewal to really change how you see yourself in this, in this experience called life. So Mm. did I tell you already that inspiration to inspire originally meant divine guidance? Mm. Mm. Hmm. That's beautiful when we think about it in our sense of self. Mm -hmm. I love it. And that explains the Fibonacci frequency. It's divine. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's such another level of just the, the beauty of this experience that we're in, because in truth, you know, bringing it full circle, we are space. We are mostly space and energy. You know, we're in that ocean of energy. And it's funny because it's actually a, it's one of the not so prominent lessons of Jesus, but um, it's the concept of knowing yourself and seeing yourself as energy. Mm-hmm. Do not see this flesh as something dense and physical. See it as something ethereal and fluid. And mm-hmm. when we're capable and able to really see ourselves as, you know, this energy of love itself, then we become that much more ready and able to handle whatever life presents us. So it's this beautiful reminder where it's, there's nothing that limits us, but our own doing in truth, Mm -hmm. you know, it's whatever we're willing to hold on to. And unfortunately, most people are holding onto a hot pan complaining that their hands getting burnt. So, (laughs) yeah. And that's alignment. How do you align? Mm. Wow. Mind blown. And with that, I just got to say, thank you, Don, so much for coming on creative chat. That was awesome. My pleasure. Oh, and with that, listeners, I hope you tune in for part two. Stay put for the after show, Don. It's going to be a good one. Roll the outro. That concludes this episode of Creatives Chat. Thank you for watching. Join us every Thursday at 3.33 p.m. Pacific Daily Time as creative minds get together and chat about who knows what. View more episodes on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thanks again to our sponsors for making this show possible. Thank you, We Are Storically, for your conscious human apparel. Shop online at wearehistorically.com. Hi, I'm Darius Wilrich. I'll teach you everything you need to know about playing jazz piano like a pro with my 12-week online video course and downloadable guidebook, Jazz Piano Pro Essentials. Enroll today at jazzpianopro.com. Thank you for joining us. Have a happy always. Peter, thanks for the platform. Thanks for going with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thanks for diving deep. I always like these conversations. Always learn something new. Yeah, that takes, it really does take that, uh, the ascension and the light, resurrection, the lifeline to a whole nother level. Mm Mm-hmm.
first of all, phenomenal show. I mean, we went in blind, not knowing really just a, a topic and- Who went know, in blind? Well, we both, I mean, we all did, like not knowing what to talk about. We were just going to talk about self-mastery. I mean, to to be flying from the seat of our pants, it was, seemed like it was rehearsed and very well documented with well. talking notes. Like, like, I mean, when I go down and I, and I break this down into segments, because that's what I do, um, it, it looks like it was planned. I mean, like <laughs> one, one topic flowing into the next, circling yeah. back, you know, you know, mentioning I one, see, going back and forth. There I we go. see your dog and raise you a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was tight as a whistle, if that's even a phrase. Yeah, yeah.